You're listening to LanguageCaster.com's football podcast. Hello, everybody. My name's Damon. This is week 10 of the 2009-2010 season. And uh, on the show today, we're going to stick with our World Cup theme. We're going to look at uh, another of our World Cup greats uh, for our main piece. And we've got English with football predictions and uh, last week's news in the football world. And of course, last week was dominated by the World Cup qualifiers. And it looks as though those big teams that were a bit nervous before um, look as though they're going to make it. Although there are a few tricky playoffs for some of the European sides. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to catch Damien and hear what he has to say about the news. So let's start with the good, the bad and the ugly. All right, so I'm going to kick off this week's Good, the Bad, the Ugly with my good. Um, it was good for my team, Sunday League football, uh, coming back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. Go, you world all-stars. That was really good, but uh, not as good as the game that we were treated to between Argentina and Peru. What more could you want? Um, Peru, with no chance of qualifying and seen by many as a whipping boy, ready to roll over for Argentina and allow Maradona's team the chance to get to the finals. And they produced a thrilling, nerve-shredding qualifier. Um, he go in, he went, he was on his debut, he scored in the 47th minute. So that probably relaxed Argentina a bit, but they were clinging on desperately and nervously against a determined Peruvian attack. Um, then rain, the heavens opened, torrential rain began to fall. You couldn't even see the pitch if you look at the highlights. Um, and with the rain in the 90th minute, Peru st- Stunning equaliser, and that looks set to make Argentina's hopes of qualifying for South Africa almost impossible. Now, Maradona held his face in his hands, but only until Palermo, recalled after 10 years out of the side, scored the winner two minutes later. Surely that's it, but no, Peru from the kickoff almost equalised with a long range, cheeky effort which hit the top of the bar. It was desperate stuff, um, incredible drama. Um, added to that, the fact that on that day, this was uh, uh, the Saturday, Uruguay had beaten Ecuador late on too, um, a penalty in uh, extra time. So a win for Uruguay at home uh, yesterday would have seen them through, but we all know the news. They lost. Um, Argentina are through in the automatic spot and uh, Uruguay have to do a playoff against uh, New Zealand. But that game, great stuff. How about you, Damien? Yes, it was exciting stuff, wasn't it, Damon? Now, all's well that ends well for Diego and his Argentinian side as they won a very scrappy game in Uruguay Centenario Stadium last night to progress to the finals in South Africa. So well done to Diego, to Lionel Messi and all the Albi Celeste fans around the world. And joining them are Denmark, Germany, Serbia, Italy, Switzerland and surprisingly Slovakia from the European section. And in addition, Mexico, the USA and Honduras have all made it from the CONCACAF region, while Ivory Coast qualified from the African section. So congratulations to all of those countries. Now the remaining eight places will be decided in the middle of November with a series of playoffs, and hopefully the Republic of Ireland can make it. Now for my bad, um, one of the reasons we focus so much on the Argentino-Uruguay match is that there were so few matches last night that actually counted for anything. And more than 30 games played, and with most of them being dead rubbers, there was nothing to play for. 
Now, the World Cup qualification system needs a boost. And one way to do this is by reducing the number of weaker teams involved in the group matches. And that's particularly in Europe. And to make the whole process a little more exciting. How about you, Damon? What was bad for you this week? Mm, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Well, for my bad, um, it's bad news for Real Madrid. Their superstar, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's out for two or three weeks, at least, it looks like, with an ankle injury. Picked up in Portugal's World Cup qualifier against Hungary. But uh, that that's bad, of course, but everyone gets injuries. But worse was the Spanish teams moaning afterwards. They called the decision to play Ronaldo reckless, despite the fact that Portugal needed a win. And Hungary was still it's Hungary was still in the hunt for a place. So this qualifier was a very important match for Portugal indeed. What were they meant to do? Rest Cristiano Ronaldo in case he got injured and couldn't play a few games for Real? We're talking about World Cup qualifying. Chances for any player to play on the biggest stage are few and far between. Blinking ridiculous behaviour from Real Madrid. Am I ugly? Well, in a move which could result in some ugly scenes at White Hart Lane, home of North London club Tottenham, rumours have it that Sol Campbell could be poised for a shock move back to Spurs. Yes, hold your hats, Damien. Harry Redknapp's thought to be interested in signing the former Spurs player. Um, but more famously for an Arsenal defender. Now, the ex-England player Campbell is hated at Tottenham for what many Tottenham fans believe was traitorous behaviour in signing for their biggest rivals, Arsenal. So, could be very ugly indeed, I think. Next up is this week's main report, which sees Damon featuring another in our series of World Cup star profiles. And this week is the turn of the greatest ever Russian player. Lev Yashin. Goalkeepers can often be overlooked when talking about the best football players, but a great goalkeeper can inspire the rest of the side to play with confidence and help them perform better than they look on paper. This was surely the case with Lev Yashin, quite arguably the best goalkeeper at any World Cup. The Russian, born in 1929, possessed a great physical presence. He was 189 centimetres tall, was agile, had great reactions and the positional sense to ensure he was where he needed to be to snuff out any danger. Known later in his career as the Black Spider, he wore an all-black kit and seemed to possess eight legs, or the Black Panther for his quickness and ability to pounce on the ball. Yashin played for Dynamo Moscow throughout his playing days. He was given his international cap for the Soviet team in 1954 and went on to play 78 times for Russia, appearing in three World Cups, 1958 in Sweden, 1962 in Chile, and in 1966 in England. Particularly in 1962, it is doubtful that the Soviet team would have progressed as far as they did in the tournaments, two quarterfinals and a semi-final in England, without Yashin. It was his first World Cup campaign that really made the world sit up and take note of Yashin. Although his team lost 2-0 to Brazil in the group stage, it would have been a massacre had it not been for Yashin's heroics in goal. 
His performances relied on his stunning reaction speeds and the calm, aggressive dominance of his area. He often elected to come and punch the ball or act as a sweeper rather than attempt potentially dangerous catches or to leave the ball to his defenders. He was also famous for his quick distribution of the ball, often making a save at a player's feet and immediately throwing the ball out to a teammate and starting a counter-attack. Along with his three World Cup appearances, Yashin won the first European Championship with his side in 1960 and an Olympic gold in 1956 and was honoured as European Footballer of the Year in 1963, the only goalkeeper to win the prize. But perhaps the true recognition of his place as a World Cup great is the Yashin Award, a FIFA honour first awarded in 1994. Lev Yashin, the Black Spider, the Black Panther, a great goalkeeper. Next, it's English for football. Yaggity yag, and don't talk back. Yaggity yag, yaggity yag. This week's English for Football expression is the phrase flat track bully, which is often used in the sport of cricket when describing a batsman who performs well on slow, flat pitches. Now, in football, we use this term to describe a player or team that plays well against inferior players or sides, and not so well against the bigger teams. Now, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the Swedish striker, has often been described as a flat track bully, as he scores lots of goals but not always against top opposition. While both France and Portugal, after struggling to score goals throughout their campaign, had big victories in their World Cup qualifiers this week against lowly ranked sides. And they've been accused of being flat-track bullies. Flat-track bullies. Thanks for that English for football, Damien. Yes, uh, remember everybody, come along to the site if you're interested in learning uh, English at all. There's lots of stuff for you to check out. Um, the predictions, of course, we've got quizzes, we've got online quizzes too, vocabulary lists, a huge glossary. And uh, we'd like your opinion on some of our posts or some of our comments. For example, this uh, this podcast's main piece, um, World Cup Stars. What do you think? Uh, who are your World Cup Stars? Come along to the site, languagecaster.com, and uh, write a comment. Right, it's time for predictions, and uh, last week, Damien had a great week. Um, two, three, four, five games out of seven, he, he correctly chose the winner or, or the, uh, the score, a draw or a win. Um, correctly scoring Russia-Germany, 1-0 to Germany away in Russia. That's a, that's a brave call. That doesn't happen too often, um, but a perfect score for him. Three points there. He got Denmark-Sweden. He thought Denmark would beat Sweden, and they did. Uh, Greece to beat Latvia, etc., etc. Seven points. Well done. Two to me and uh, two to Gareth, our guest from last week. So uh, um, Damien's beginning to open up a gap. I wonder um, if he can continue to do that this week. Vous écoutez languagecaster.com. Now on this week, uh, it's back to the domestic leagues after a week of World Cup qualifying action. And we've got uh, top four pretender, Aston Villa. They're going to take on Chelsea. Big Northwest Derby. 
um, takes the Premier League stage. We've got top-of-the-table clashes in the Bundesliga, La Liga and Italy. And El Clasico Capitalino in Colombia um, all feature this week. And as our guest, we have Hiroshi. Um, he's Japanese. He's a supporter of Kawasaki Frontale. Um, so let's see how he does. Well, I'm going to kick off Aston Villa against Chelsea. 1-1. I've got 1-1 written all over this. Um, Chelsea haven't been setting the world alight, uh, but they're very solid. They're good at home. This is a chance for Aston Villa, but I don't think they've got the quality. 1-1, that's my guess. Um, Hiroshi goes for 3-2. Uh, a thrilling game, that. 3-2 to Chelsea. In Germany, the Bundesliga Hamburg against Leverkusen. This is uh, second versus first. And I'm going to go for 1-0 to Hamburg. I've got a sneaking suspicion. Home advantage, I'll see them through. Juventus against Fiorentina uh, in Serie A. Um, third and fourth place. Fiorentina have played very well in the Champions League, of course, beating my team. Um, Juventus are playing well too. 2-1. Uh, probably a good game to watch, I think, as well. 2-1 to Juventus. And in La Liga, people are bigging this game up. Valencia against Barcelona. And, um, yep, Valencia's strong side. Barcelona, of course, with the pedigree and uh, the Spanish champions to boot. European champions, of course. And I think they're going to win 2-1 and then keep the pressure on Real Madrid at the top of the league. And a new Northwest derby in the Premier League. We've got Burnley against Blackburn. And these teams don't like each other at all. There's a huge lo local rivalry here. And Burnley will be really wanting to, to win this one. Um, they play exciting football, open football. And they score goals when they, when they play well. And I think this is going to be a great game to watch. 3-2 to Burnley. Now, Hiroshi thinks it's going to be a little bit different. And I think he's going leaning for Blackburn's experience to see them through 2-1. And I'm going to finish off with a, a big, big derby in Colombia. Santa Fe against Milonaros, and uh, it's the El Clasico Capitalino. Um, I've got a feeling Milonarios are going to win this one. They seem to have been doing well the last few games uh, when I checked it out on uh, some of the websites. 1-0 um, to Milonaros. Damien. What do you think? Right, let's see if I can continue with my good predicting form. And of course, we're going back to domestic football this week. And we're starting off with a big game in the Premier League in England, Aston Villa against Chelsea. And uh, I remember last season when Aston Villa were flying high, Chelsea came here and beat them 2-0 and crushed Aston Villa's chances of making the Champions League top four places in the Premier League. And I think they're going to do the same thing this year. 2-0 to Chelsea. Now, a big game in Germany sees uh, the leaders Hamburg against Leverkusen. We're doing very, very well, and I think Hamburg are going to win this one, 2-1. Now, Juventus against Fiorentina. Uh, unfortunately, there's uh, painful memories for me because seven of the Italian team that drew with uh, Ireland on Saturday are playing for Juventus, and the man who scored the equaliser, Giardino, is playing for Fiorentina. But I think this will be a nil-nil draw. Now, the big game in Spain sees Valencia take on Barcelona. Um, I think this will be a draw as well. This will be 1-1. Now, one of the big games this weekend in Britain is the uh, Lancashire derby between Burnley and Blackburn. And they're two founding members of the Football League. They don't meet very often. They meet even rarer in the Premier League. And I think this will be a 1-0 win for Burnley away at Blackburn. And finally, we're going to uh, Colombia, Santa Fe against Millonarios. This will be a 1-1 draw. They're my predictions from this week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy all the football. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks, everybody. And see you next week. So, uh...